Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Nothing But the Truth. The starring players... This is Frank Morgan. This is Lucille Ball. And this is Hanley Stafford. Tonight, Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild players in Nothing But the Truth, starring Frank Morgan as Steve Bennett, Lucille Ball as Gwen Ralston, and Hanley Stafford as Gwen's brother, T.T. Ralston. Nothing But the Truth is a comedy of errors. And our first error was in casting Frank Morgan as Steve Bennett, <laughs> who had to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth for 24 hours. Mr. Morgan may not be in the same league with Ananias and Baron Munchausen, Still, it's very doubtful that he could stick to nothing but the truth for 24 minutes. Now, just a minute, Mr. Bradley. Uh, I heard that, and I demand a public apology. You, sir, were impugning my integrity when everyone knows that my entire family has been noted for its absolute truthfulness, uh, no matter what the cost. <laughs> Why, it was my great-great-uncle Ishmael Morgan who volunteered to go to Sing Sing Prison to test the first lie detector. Well, was the test a success? Success? They hanged him the next morning. <laughs> of course, it was all a mistake. Oh, naturally. Certainly, he should never have taken the test. But that's just an indication of the lengths to which we Morgans will go in the interest of truth. Mm. I hope that answers your crude attempt to defame my character, Mr. Bradley. I think the audience will understand what I had in mind, Frank. And now, if you'll permit us, we'll get back to tonight's play, Nothing But the Truth. When Gwen Ralston, the lovely sister of T.T. Ralston, arrived at the offices of the stockbroking firm of Ralston, Donnelly, and Bennett, both Ralston and Donnelly refused to see her. So Gwen walked right into Steve Bennett's office. Hello. What? Oh, why, hello. I'm Gwen Ralston, Mr. Ralston's sister. Well, don't apologize. I'm, uh... Oh! I mean, I'm his partner, Steve Bennett. <laughs> I know, Mr. Bennett. I've come to you because I'm in trouble. Oh. And you're the only man in the world who can help me. I am? I mean, I am. <laughs> the only man in the world, Mr. Bennett. Well, then let's just drop the formality. Just call me Stevekins. <laughs> and, uh, sit on my lap. <laughs> Well, what if my brother should come in? Well, he'll just have to stand. My lap won't hold the entire family. 
Well, all right. Now, Stevikins, here's my problem. Yeah. I have $10,000. Well, how can you have a problem with $10,000? Well, I have to double it by tomorrow night. Oh, I see. And you're trying to put the bite on me for the other $10,000. Maybe you better get off my lap and go back to calling me Mr. Bennett. Oh, I don't want you to give me any money, Stevikins. I want you to invest this money for me in something that will double it by tomorrow night. Well, now, that's quite a job of investing. Not that I can't do it, of course. Now, let me see. I might invest it in a poker game. Are you a good poker player? Am I a good poker player? Why, my dear, I've spent half my life playing poker, and I've got the pot to prove it. Well, still, that's gambling. I'd rather put my money in something safe. Safe? Why, my dear, my poker is a safe... Does it have to be safe? Oh, yes. If I don't double that $10,000, i will be in an awful mess. You see, I owe the bank $20,000. It has to be paid by tomorrow. Oh, then maybe we'd better consult with your brother and Mr. Donnelly. No, no, I tried them yesterday. They won't help. They said nobody could double $10,000 overnight. They said even you couldn't. Oh, they did, did they? Mm -hmm. Well, we'll show them. Do you happen to have the filthy stuff with you? Yes. Then give it to me, my dear. We'll show those upstart partners of mine who the financial genius of this firm is. Do you really think you can do it, Stevekin? Why, I've been responsible for the success of most of the world's famous figures. I mean, figures. Why, I... <laughs> It was I who advised Ford to go into automobiles, Rockefeller to go into oil, Hitler to go into Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anyone who needs a house painter? <laughs> now, just you go home and forget your troubles. Stevie Kins is going to double your money by tomorrow night. Oh, I knew you wouldn't fail me. Of course. Do you mind telling me what you're going to invest my money in? Not at all. I think I'll put some of it in, in one thing. And uh, the rest of it, I'll... I'll uh, we'll, 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 uh, something else. <laughs> for me, Ralston? Yes, Steve. Uh, Donald and I have been getting complaints about you. That's right, Steve. You're a little overzealous in your selling. When our customers ask you whether a stock is good or not, they want you to tell them the truth. Naturally, and that's what I tell them. You don't think for a second that I'd stoop to lying, do you? Yes. <laughs> that's ridiculous. You might as well call me a dirty crook. Well, you are a crook. But I'm not dirty. <laughs> Just the same, Steve. Ralston and I have decided that we'd better buy you out of the firm. We have to protect our reputation. Are you serious? Absolutely, Steve. Well, you you wouldn't consider giving me another chance, would you? Oh, what's the use, Steve? We've been all through this a dozen times. You're always going to turn over a new leaf. Well, but when you do, there's a bigger lie on the other side. But you can't just kick a man out of his business. Who says we can't? <laughs> I don't know. But the War Labor Board must have some kind of a ruling to cover this. Now, look, fellas, if you'll just give me another chance, I promise you I'll never tell another lie. Oh, that's an idiotic statement, Steve. You couldn't tell the truth for 24 hours if your life depended on it. Now, just a minute, Donnelly. You wouldn't care to back that statement with a little money, would you? I certainly would. Say, $10,000? I'll take half of it, Donnelly. That's a sure thing. Oh, he's bluffing. He hasn't got $10, much less $10,000. Is that so? Well, take a look at this, gentlemen. Ten one-thousand-dollar bills. Who'd you swindle that from? Well, that's neither here nor there. 
It's, uh, it's $10,000. Do you still want to bet that I can't tell the truth for 24 hours? The truth? The whole truth? And nothing but the truth. If you win, you win $10,000 and I get out of the firm. If I double, I win. I double my $10,000. And you cast no more aspersions on my integrity. You'll tell the truth to everybody no matter what they ask you? Yes. Then it's a bet. $10,000 that you can't tell the truth, the whole what? truth, and nothing but the truth for the next 24 hours. That's right. What time is it, Donnelly? Uh, it's just uh, 4 o'clock. Set your watch, Steve. I'll set it. Until 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I'm telling nothing but the truth. Then we're off. Let's test him, Donnelly. Right. What? Uh, when you joined us as a partner, Steve, you told us that you made $40,000 last year. Is that the truth? Oh, uh, uh, $40,000. Uh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> How much did you make? Uh, $1,100, counting my old age pension. <laughs> did you ever steal anything? Do I have to answer that? Either that or forfeit the bet. Well, then, yes, I did. What'd you steal? I stole some money. Where did you steal it? From a bank. Well, how much money was it? Half a dollar. You stole a half a dollar from a bank? Yes, my little brother's piggy bank. Oh, <laughs> Is that all you stole? Well, that's all there was in it. <laughs> now, if you gentlemen will excuse me, I think I'll go home and spend a nice quiet weekend. Oh, no, with my... Steve, no. Uh-huh. We're going to stay right with you every minute of the next 24 hours. But there isn't room in my apartment for all of us. I know that. Well, You're going to spend the weekend on my houseboat. Oh, well, I... My sister will be there. Uh-huh. She's very anxious to meet you, Steve. Your sister? Gwen. Gwen? Oh, no, well, I mean, I don't think I'd enjoy it, Boston. Thanks just the same. Well, you're not afraid to meet Gwen, are you, Steve? Well, no, that is, yes. I mean, under the circumstances. Under what circumstances? Well, the bet. I understand she's very attractive and having to tell the truth. Now, what man can meet an attractive girl and stick to the truth? Well, you're trying to prove that you can tell the truth, aren't you? Well, yes. Then this ought to clinch it. Come on, Steve. You're going houseboating. going to be so many people here. Who are they all, Gwen? Well, you know my sister-in-law, Cynthia Ralston, don't yeah. you, Steve? Oh, yes. What do you think of our houseboat, Steve? Well, it uh, smells a little fishy, doesn't it? What? Uh-huh. Oh, Stevie Kins, just meant it had an air of the sea about it. Well, I'm glad you explained that, Gwen. You know, Steve, we really enjoy a life on the houseboat. It makes one so young and carefree and gay. Mm. In fact, I dread to think of life at 70. Why? What happened then? (laughs) Steve, you don't know what you're saying. Oh, yes, he does, Gwen. Steve insists on telling the truth. Especially when I'm around, don't you, Steve? (laughs) Incidentally, Steve, what do you think of my wife's new dress? Well, it certainly gives her an hourglass figure. Did you say an hourglass figure, Steve? Well, of course, the sand has shifted in a few places. <laughs> Gwendolyn, how can you stand this monstrous person? I guess I didn't know him very well. Steve, apologize to Cynthia. Apologize? Yes. I want to hear you tell Cynthia she doesn't look a day over 30. <laughs> I want to hear that, too. Well, she could pass for 30 with a paper bag over her head. <laughs> Why, Steve, how can you say that? Well, with your brother standing next to me, how can I say anything else? 
I'm beginning to regret that you're here, Steve. So am I. And I am not an old paper bag. Now, look, Mrs. Ralston, <laughs> I think that you should ask me to go home. Anyone who talks the way I do should avoid people. Now, now, Steve. What? I understand, and you're forgiven. You just stay right where you are. If you were half a man, Ralston, you wouldn't let me stay after I'd called your wife an old paper bag. I told you that I understand, Steve. Uh, now, what do you think of Gwen? Do I have to answer that right now? Certainly. I'll be very interested in your answer. Well, all right. I, I think you're wonderful. You've been out with more intelligent girls, though, haven't you? Well, yes, but brains aren't everything. Oh, so I'm a dumbbell, am I? Now, Gwen, uh, please don't worry about that. I have brains enough for two. <laughs> I'm a thinker. You can talk plainer than that. I... <laughs> now, Gwen, I can explain everything. Well, then start explaining. Yes, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> That'll end it in a hurry. Well, I mean, I can explain everything at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. You'd better square yourself, Steve. Uh, Tell Gwen what you told me you'd like to do to her. No, you Benedict snake in the grass. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell her. Tell her, Steve, or else... You... I'm not interested in anything Mr. Bennett has to say. Oh, you'll be interested in this. Uh, Come on now, Steve. Tell Gwen what you'd like to do to her. Well, I said I'd... Like to kiss her till her ears flew off. Well, that's very romantic. As a matter of fact, Gwen, uh, Steve's under a heavy strain. One of my customers is a doctor, and he said that Steve is what they call a dementia cortical with an overactive thalamic predicosis. Really? What does that mean? I'm a jerk, and it's only eight o'clock. <laughs> Act One of Nothing But the Truth, starring Frank Morgan, Lucille Ball, and Hanley Stafford. Act Two will follow hilariously in just a moment. But first, here's a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. One of the best-dressed women I know has only one daytime dress. She wears simple, tailored suits most of the time, achieving her smart effects by the use of well-chosen accessories. She believes, as all well-dressed women do that the face is the focal point of interest for which clothes are but the frame. Your face is the first thing people look at. You can wear the most beautiful clothes in the world, but you defeat your own purpose if the face powder you use makes your skin look dry and mask-like. I've seen women use the most expensive face powder and yet get a hard, made-up effect that added years to their appearance. But I've seen those same women stand amazed before their mirror as I proved that Lady Esther face powder instantly gave their skin the vibrant, translucent look for which they'd been striving. It's the shades of Lady Esther face powder that make such a big difference. You'll never find Lady Esther powder in those drab, yellowish tones that often make the skin seem a little older, a little harder. My shades are subtle, pink-toned shades that make a woman's skin seem fresher, younger... And I get these shades by blowing color and powder together with a tremendous speed and force of hurricanes. The result is such a perfect fusion of color and powder that the shades are vibrant, full of life. That's why my powder gives your skin such a beautiful effect. And that's why it's never guilty of looking like a flat mask on your face. Remember, 
many of America's loveliest and best-dressed women use Lady Esther face powder. Now the curtain rises on the second act of Nothing But the Truth, starring Lucille Ball as Gwen Ralston, Frank Morgan as Steve Bennett, and Hanley Stafford as T.T. Ralston. T.T. Ralston and Dick Donnelly are really beginning to worry about their $10,000 bet to Steve Bennett. It's noon of the next day. And for 20 hours, Steve has stubbornly refused to tell anything but the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Then, just when Ralston and Donnelly were really beginning to despair, a girl and two tough-looking companions came aboard Ralston's houseboat, looking for Steve. I beg your pardon, miss. Did I hear you asking for Steve Bennett? You certainly did. Where is Steve Akins, the bum? Well, you sound as though you knew him quite well. I do. I'm Linda Graham. These boys are my brothers, Muscles and Iron Man. Uh, how do you do? I'm T.T. Ralston. This is my partner, Mr. Donnelly. How do you do? Pleased to meet you. I'm Muscles. Likewise. I'm Iron Man. Yeah, your brothers don't look anything like you. Well, that's the nicest thing you could have said. Uh, what was it you wanted to see Mr. Bennett about, Miss Graham? Well, it's really quite personal. Oh, that makes it much more interesting. We'll make it interesting for that rat when we catch up with him, Iron Man. Yeah, just point him out to us. I'm afraid we can't do that unless we know why you want to see him. Well, Steve Bennett made me a lot of promises, and my brothers came with me to see that he keeps them. Well, what did Steve promise you, Miss Grant? Diamonds, penthouses, limousines, marriage. Marriage? Yes. I asked him to back a play for me, and he said he'd marry me first. Well, Miss Graham and her brothers may be the answer to our problem, T.T. Shall we take them to see Steve? Well, under the circumstances, don't me, I think it would be only fair. <laughs> Come with us, Miss Graham. You've done nothing but insult people from the time you came on this boat. I thought you were going to call me Stevekins. We're going to be very great friends, you know. Well, I'm not certain that I dare consider you as a friend, Stevekins. Well, of course, I didn't mean exactly a friend. I was thinking of a closer, more personal relationship, my dear. Oh. Well, tell me more, Stevekins. Uh, I will after four o'clock. Oh, I'd like to hear about it now. No, no, I really couldn't tell you the things I'd like to tell you until after four o'clock. I, I think we should know each other at least that much better. I'll be counting the minutes until four. Yeah, you and I. <laughs> Gwen, has anyone ever promised you diamonds, penthouses, limousines, marriage? Why, Stevikins, are you promising me all that? Well, that'll have to wait until after four o'clock, too. After four, I'll promise you the world. You may promise her the world, but you'll keep your promises to me first. Linda! Yes, Linda. Well, why are you doing here? I've come to collect those diamonds and penthouses and limousines and the marriage you promised me. Steve! Now, dear, I didn't know what I was doing. I was sober at the time. <laughs> but you promised those to me, Steve. Oh, he did? Wonderful, Steve, you lose. Yeah, Steve, the jig's up. Oh, no, it isn't. Didn't you promise Gwen all those things? I did not. Steve. I simply asked Gwen if anyone had ever promised her diamonds and penthouses and limousines and marriage. Is he telling the truth, Gwen? Well, I, 
I guess so. I just took it for granted that he was promising them to me. Well, I didn't just take it for granted. Steve promised me anything I asked for. Is that right, Steve? And then you promised to marry her. No. You're lying, Steve. I am not. I simply said that I'd marry you before I'd back that play you wanted me to angel. Well, that's the same thing. Oh, no, it isn't. Before I'd back that play, I'd kill myself. But that doesn't... That doesn't mean I'm going to commit suicide. Brother, that means you have. I Now, just a minute. Who are you? What business is this of yours? Well, we're Miss Graham's... Uh, and... brothers. Yeah, and ain't nobody going to two-time that bed, babe, while me and Muscles is around, see? Well, mighty you. Is that so? Well, take your coat off. Okay, my coat's off. What about it? Yes, much cooler, isn't it? <laughs> Now, listen, wise guy, you're either going to marry Linda or... Hey, where you going? Didn't I tell Linda I'd go to the end of the world for her? You certainly did. Well, I'm getting an early start. <laughs> Gwen. Gwen! What are you doing in my room? Get out of here. I can't. Why not? You're not crippled. I would be if I left this room and those two gorillas with Linda Graham found me. Did you see that big fellow? That, that, that big knife that fellow Muscles was carrying? Well, what of it? What of it? A thing like that can stun a man's growth. <laughs> Besides, if they kill me, how can I tell you what I invested your money in? And if I don't tell you, you won't be able to find it. You can tell me before you go. But I don't know yet whether I've doubled it or not. Well, when will you know? At four o'clock. If I keep out of sight until then, you'll get $20,000. Oh, how can I believe you? Now, my dear, have I lied to you so far? You know I haven't. No matter how embarrassing the truth was, I've told you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth from the time we met. Mm, that's true. It is? I mean, it is. <laughs> What does Linda Graham mean to you, Steve? Trouble. But why did you promise her all those things? Well, now, that's a very good question. I wish I had a good answer. <laughs> were you... Were you in love with her? Shh! Where? Where? You better answer him. What is it? Open the door. Wait, wait, wait until I get under the bed. What happened? Is your brother an air raid warden? I don't know why. <laughs> I think I hit my head on his helmet. Just a second. You turn the radio, Gwen. Then if I make a noise or if they heard us talking before you knocked, you can blame it on the program. All right. I'll be right there. Well, where is he? Where is whom? Steve, we heard him talking in here. Oh, you must well, have heard well, the man on the radio. The huh? I was listening to Frank Morgan on the radio. His voice sounds hey, just like been, Steve's. Frank? Listen. Well, I'm sorry that I'm late, Jockey, but I've just come from a meeting on the North Hollywood Men's Gin and Rummy Club. The entire membership was there, and we decided to have the clubhouse done over, painted, renovated, papered, plastered. Well, we were before the meeting was over. Oh, no! <laughs> it doesn't Mr. seem George, possible that there could be two voices like that. Turn that thing down. What did you want Steve for? Oh, I didn't want him myself. I was just trying to find him for Miss Graham and her brothers. 
I think that if they question him closely, I may hear something that's worth money to me. Sort of a $64 questioning? Oh, it'll be much more expensive than that. Well, I'll run along. If you see Steve, call me immediately. All right. You can come out now, Steve. Thank you, my dear. Oh! Oh, you poor dear. Did you hit your head again? No, quite the opposite. <laughs> yes, Steve, boys. Grab him. We'll grab him, all right. This time he won't get away. Sit on his head, muscles. I got everything else under control. Uh, cut it. Hold it. What? Now, Mr. Stevikins, just when are you going to start keeping them promises you made to Linda? Well, I, I hardly know what to say. I'm listening, Steve. So am I, Steve. Well, that is, if you fellas would get up off me, I'll be able to do some thinking. And what would you think about? Uh, how to get out of here. You take one step toward that door and I'll knock you eight blocks. Good. That's right near where I live. <laughs> Did you find him, Rolston? Yeah, Donnelly. Where is he? Right on the muscles and Iron Man. You ain't answered our questions yet, Stevikins. When are you going to start keeping them promises to Linda? Do I have to answer that? If you don't, you lose. If I do, I lose. Come on now. Come on. Quit stalling to me and Iron Man are really going to get rough. What time is it, Gwen? I don't know. What time is it, T.T.? Oh, about half past three. Half past three? It was half past three before I crawled under that bed. Your watch lies worse than you do. When you hear the tone, it will be exactly 4 p.m. Did you and Donnelly hear what I just heard, Ralston? We heard. Stevie-kins, if you don't start talking in a hurry, you ain't going to be able to talk. You and Donnelly realize that 24 hours are up, don't you, Ralston? We're late. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. Are you going to start talking? Anytime. Now that it's 4 o'clock, what do you want me to tell you? Will you promise to marry Linda? Of course. And will you promise to give us, uh, I mean, her them diamonds and penthouses and limousines? Why, my boy, I was only joking before. I promise you anything I've got. Steve, what about the promise you were going to make to me? Now, just be patient, my dear. I'm just warming up on these people. I'm going to promise you the world. I'll show you the Taj Mahal, the pyramids, my etchings. Oh, Steve, I think you're wonderful. You do? Yes. Well, then I think I'll show you the etchings first. <laughs> Gee, Gwen, I can hardly believe that a beautiful girl like you could be interested in an old beaver like me. What is it about me that swept you off your feet? Is it my financial genius? No. Is it my overwhelming charm? No. Then what is it? Haven't you heard? There's a manpower shortage. I've always... <laughs> Thank you, Lucille Ball and Frank Morgan, for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight. That was our pleasure, Truman. The Motion Picture Relief Fund, which benefits from these performances, is very important to all of us in the industry. That's true, Mr. Morgan. We're all vitally interested in the Motion Picture Relief Fund and the country home and clinic which it supports. And now, here's a word from one of our best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Ball. The unusual texture of Lady Esther face powder covers your skin like a delicate film of beauty, hiding little lines and blemishes. But though it covers up and hides little lines, it's no flat, lifeless mask on your skin. For the shades of Lady Esther face powder give subtle warmth and beauty to your skin, make it look more vibrant and alive. It's the speed and power of hurricanes that makes this big difference in Lady Esther face powder. If my powder were just mixed or even blown by little fans, it would have none of the life and brilliance, none of the rich, vivid beauty it imparts to your skin. But you know the speed, the force of hurricanes. 
Well, just imagine color and powder blown together with that force, with that speed. The result is such a perfect fusion of the color and powder particles that the shades have a vital new quality to them. Soft, translucent, full of life. For your first trial of Lady Esther face powder, here's what I'd like you to do. First, rub a little Lady Esther four-purpose face cream on your skin as it cleans it thoroughly and leaves a perfect non-sticky base. Then pat on Lady Esther face powder and even it with a clean velour puff. That very first application will show you how much more life and charm you can get into your skin with Lady Esther face powder. Before we hear about next week's show, Lucille Ball would like the attention of every young woman in our audience. If you're between 18 and 35, a high school or college graduate, and in good health, there's a special opportunity open to you, an opportunity for war work with a future as a nurse. Our Army and Navy and war plants are taking thousands of trained nurses. 65,000 young women are needed now to start nurses training this spring. I urge you to get the whole story. Just write to Student Nurses, Box 88, New York City. That's Student Nurses, Box 88, New York City. Don't put it off, please. Write tonight. If you live in Canada, apply to your nearest hospital. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Johnny Eager, starring John Garfield, Carol Landis, and Robert Page. Be sure to listen. Nothing But the Truth has been presented through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, whose current production is China, starring Loretta Young, Alan Ladd, and William Bendix. Frank Morgan can now be seen in The Human Comedy. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in DeBerry Was a Lady, both Metro-Golden-Mayer productions. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Screen Guild players are presented every Monday night at this time by Lady Esther. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.